Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. If you call yourself a Cats fan and hate Nick Cousins, you're a bitch. Welcome to Panther Paree. I'm your host, TJ Peterson, with my co-host, as always, Jacob Blanksam. And getting to, at this point, as most of the time, Alex Lopez is not currently here. And hopefully he will be making a cameo appearance. But you know what? Five in a row, the Panthers have won. Feeling pretty good. TJ, I guess you can go ahead and call me a bitch. (laughs) Because I am no big fan of Nick Cousins. Though I will say, of the 18 skaters that the Panthers have been regularly icing, I can very confidently say that I love 17 of them. (laughs) I I didn't know you felt that way about Will Lockwood. What can I say? He's taking up a roster spot from Jonah Gadjevich. That doesn't seem like a good thing. (laughs) Not to you, anyway. I like Lockwood. I mean, it's unfortunate that it doesn't have any points yet, but you know, the fourth line isn't necessarily out there to score. It would be nice if they did it more than once a month. You know, at this point, it's zero times a month, so it would be nice if that happened. Fourth line, no goals in the month of December, which is... It's ridiculous when a whole line does that. When we talk about a, a bottom six player doing that. It's like, wow, they haven't scored in the entire month of December. Like, they got to get it together. When we're talking about a line, that's pretty crazy. But it is a fourth line, I guess. Yeah, I got to say, I think Etu might have listened to our last podcast. Because uh, he's kind of been going off a little bit. Had himself a two-goal game. Right. And that was very fun to see in person. Uh, one of them was a rebound, so didn't get super excited about that. But the other one was a very nice power play goal. And the second unit getting both. Or no, I guess there was one more. So this, the first two goals were from the second power play unit, which is it's always good when that gets going. Yeah, it feels like that's a meme of Panthers past is that like the second power play unit just doesn't ever score. And this year, that really hasn't been the case. We've gotten a few goals from Erod, gotten those two from Lusterainen, obviously. And it's where OEL is, which I still hope that we get to see him a little bit on the first unit. Montour's back, and it's not necessarily like he's playing poorly on the first unit. I still think OEL is best suited there, his particular set of skills, you know, reference. Anyway, moving on, uh, I think are best suited for the power play. So... I mean, you could say something similar about Montour, but I also kind of like what he can do at five on five. If I were the coach and everybody should think they're lucky stars that I'm not. But one of the things I would try to do is I would tell Brandon Montour, hey, we're going to play you 17 minutes a night or something like that. So I want you to just fly around for all 17 minutes. Don't worry about, you know, having to save yourself for playing 25 minutes. Just zoom, zoom, zoom. I wonder I wonder if that would get even more out of him, even with less ice time. Because that's that's what he's definitely capable of doing. Anyway, past five games, anything that you think has really turned around for them that has allowed them to succeed where they had kind of sputtered in the few games before that? I don't remember how many they had lost in a row. I, th- I think it was three. St. Louis. I don't remember either, though, actually. St. Louis, I... Vancouver, Seattle, right? No, wait. It was it was four because it was no it wasn't four never mind it was St it was Seattle Vancouver loss Edmonton win yeah Calgary, no they St. they didn't Louis go on loss. any re- remarkable losing streak but they did lose four of four five. out of five it was two two losses one win two more losses four regulation losses in five games is a problem right. that's what I thought it was yeah but then they went on to beat Vegas and then beat Tampa and then beat the Rangers and then beat some AHL team from Eastern Canada uh, and then beat Arizona. Uh, yeah. Five straight wins in regulation, which regulation many of which against good playoff teams. 
and a team from Eastern Canada. Yeah, and then some AHL second, squad. Second night of a back-to-back, though, so that's still a nice win. True. Stolarz had himself a nice game. He sure did. The top six has been carrying the scoring load for this team all year, and you know when they dried up a little bit in the previous few games, that did prove to be something that they couldn't really overcome. Sam Bennett technically got the goal against Montreal, but like really didn't do a heck of a lot. I guess that you could make the argument that E2's first goal was really created by Erod because he got the space and he took the shot that uh, E2 pounded home the rebound for. Mm-hmm. But either way, like that's maybe the first game all season where you haven't gotten multiple goals from the top six and they still won. At the very least, the bottom six won them that game in a way yeah. that really hasn't happened this year, which yeah. happened against Montreal. So you really can't think that this is going to be something that they're going to get against Carolina or against the Rangers or whatever other good team you want to put in here. But still, like we we talked about it last episode. We've been talking about it on social media. Bottom six hasn't done any scoring this year. So when it does happen, even if it's just in one game, it's very encouraging. Yeah. Um, as far as anything turning around is concerned, special teams is going off for sure. The Yeah, the bottom six thing, it's – I don't want to harp on it too much because we have done so already. Yes. It is nice to especially see Atu get going. It would be really nice to see Lundell get going along with him. But I'm not really expecting the remaining four players in that bottom six to be high-scoring juggernauts i would like kevin stenland to get to double digits isn't he i feel he has like, like he's, eight goals doesn't he he's on his way he I has think six he's goals six yeah i was gonna eight say. points he'll get there i don't know how many assists he's gonna rack up but i hope that he gets to around 12 goals i would imagine and i guess this kind of goes with what the the entire point you're making I was going to say, I would imagine that if he keeps playing with Lomberg, he'll get those assists, but Lomberg's only got two goals on the year. Yeah. In the last couple of years, he's been, I mean, he's been good for like 10 goals. Yeah, 12 12 goals last year, nine the year before. Hmm, Maybe some positive regression is coming. That would be nice, or maybe the last two seasons were outliers for him. Well, let's hope not. Only time will tell, yeah. He is a guy that every Panthers fan enjoys rooting for. That's for Oh, yeah. Here. I haven't uh, looked at his charts lately. Speaking of the penalty kill, because you mentioned that the special teams is going off, they uh, the whole season stats are pretty remarkable for those. They're top three in every single stat in terms of, like, least dangerous statistic here against... Corsi yeah. against, Fenwick against, XG against, goals against. Most of them, they're in the top two. Some of them are in the top three. The only one that they're outside the top three is high danger chances, which they're still thin. Yeah. So they're doing quite well on the penalty kill. We haven't really seen this core be a strong penalty killing team, even in 2021-22. Yeah. That was not a good penalty killing team. I mean, it was it was probably average. I don't really remember, but I I remember vividly that it was not a strong penalty killing team. I'm curious about Lombard. No, about the 21-22 ah. PK numbers. Yeah, 18th in Corsi against, 15th in Fenwick against. Yeah, it looks like by all accounts they were kind of just an average PK unit. 17th in expected goals against. Yeah, kind of middle of the pack in uh, the President's Trophy year. Yeah, well, they were whereas this year they're else. just amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, the the team defense was something that we never expected to be a strong suit for this team, but you know, broken record. It's been fantastic all year, and there's a lot of guys that deserve a lot of credit for that. Mostly, Barkov. Yeah, that's true, Barkov. <laughs> who is very much poised, I think, if he continues at the pace he's currently on, uh, to block up his second Selkie. You know, actually, that reminds me. I wanted to ask you something. And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. 
let's actually ask two questions at once then the the first all-star selections come out tomorrow yes i'm just going to put it in terms of it the panthers will get one selection this may not be the case and it's going to be barkov or reinhardt this may not be the case who should it be and who do you think it will be it should be barkov i it's really hard to to detach from what Reinhardt has done this season. I mean, the dude's on a career high goal scoring pace probably won't get there, but I mean, is has to be in the rocket Richard hunt. Uh, I doubt he'll outscore the likes of Austin Matthews uh, to actually win it. But the fact that he's even up there is remarkable. Uh, Barkov only six points behind Reinhardt in three fewer games. And also is the stalwart while also still being an extremely efficient offensive player. Uh, So it should be Barkov. Yeah. He just flat out is the team's best player right now. I think that you're completely right. And it's interesting that we're getting to all-star time. And last year, Matthew Kachuk was not just an all-star. He was an all-NHL player. I can't remember if he was first-team all-NHL, but if he wasn't, he was definitely at least second-team all-NHL. Those are known as the NHL all-star teams, but I call them all-NHL because people are very familiar with the concept of all-NBA. So yeah, that's basically what it is. Uh, I'll look that up as we're talking, but I have a feeling that it will be Reinhardt. Because yeah. he's Canadian, and I don't think he's ever been to an All-Star game. He very well may have because the Sabres were kind of a, you know, a, not a very deep team when he was But there. they had Eichel the whole time. That's true. So Eichel was probably going every year, but maybe there was a year he was hurt and at the time of selection. So it was Reinhardt. I think as far as the first team selections go for this first round of 32, I also think it will be Reinhardt. Because in some way, I feel like the league is going to need to reward him for the goal scoring pace. Uh huh. And if you look at it in terms of which one of them is more likely to get voted in after the fact, I would say Barkov is more likely to get voted in if he's not in the initial selection than Reinhardt would be. Yeah. They definitely both deserve to go. Yeah. I, it's, when you actually look at like the number of players that are all stars and like the number of players that you might in your head, at least this is the case for me think like that's an all-star caliber season. The number of that's an all-star caliber seasons that I think about like the players and the seasons, that number is larger than the actual roster spots for all stars personally. So I could definitely hear an argument to that. Sam Reinhardt is not actually having an all-star caliber season based on like how many all-stars there actually are. I think that that is not an argument you can make for Barkov. I think that he is undoubtedly a top 40 player in the league this year. You simply I would can't. say he is undoubtedly a top 10 player in the league this year. I don't know why you would go as high as 40. Well, because I'm guessing that that's how many all-stars there are. Oh, I don't really okay. remember. And, and I yeah, don't that know if feels right. 10 players per team, but consider that two of those are going to be goalies and they're doing the draft this year. Are there going to be four captains? Though? Oh yeah. There's going to be four. So yeah. 10 players per team. Sure. That sounds about right. That that feels right. Eight skaters and two goalies. Yeah. Feels good. So probably 11, but whatever, you know, doesn't, doesn't really matter. Reinhardt is on a 50 goal pace though. So it's hard to say that he is not, having an all-star caliber season. Right. I, I I wouldn't make the argument, but I don't think that you can make a bulletproof argument that he is having an all-star caliber season. I think what one of the strong points against it would be, well, Barkov is driving a huge amount of his success. He has assists on over half of his goals. Yeah. Barkov has assists on over half of Reinhardt's goals. I, believe- I think the only reason that you can't make a bulletproof case for Sam Reinhardt going to the all-star game I, I think it's quite simply that the league is going to select one player from every team and then the fans select the rest. If you were truly just looking at the best eight players from every or the best, uh, yeah, I guess the best eight skaters from every division. You know, when I frame it that way, 
it also feels hard to put Sam Reinhardt in that conversation. Is he a top eight skater in the Atlantic division? I would say probably yes. I, I think it's kind of unlikely when you put it that way. I mean, Leafs have Matthews and Marner, and I actually think Nylander's mm. a stronger all-star candidate this year than Marner. Contract year and all, but, you know. Uh, Same with Reinhardt, though. Pa- Pasternak, I feel like he's an automatic selection. He's just reached that, like, tier of yeah. star and also, like, always always going to have a good year. Like you're, Man, you're I have in- no idea how the Bruins individual players are doing. Well, Pasternak has 22 goals. So there is that. Oh, that's fewer than Reinhardt. It's true, but it's still a lot. And he doesn't get to play with Barkov. Don't forget. (laughs) Um, Martian below a point per game. I had another player on the tip of my tongue, but I forgot that. Kucherov maybe. Yes. Kucherov is the league leader in points. So he is absolutely going to get in. But how many is that? So that's four. That, Who have yeah. you said already? You've said Barkov, Matthews, ah. Marner, Pasta. Well, why don't we play a little game here? And and why don't we? Off. Why don't we try and predict who the NHL is going to select from every team? Every Atlantic Division team. Let's just do that. Okay, we can do that. So, Leafs, Matthews, gotta be. He's he's on pace to win the Rocket Richard. Lightning, Kucherov. Gotta be on pace to win the Art Ross. Bruins, I don't know what kind of season Charlie McAvoy is having. I want to say that's true. I guess we still have to think about this positionally to some extent. What about Jeremy Swayman also? That's true. I guess we need goalies also. I don't think that it's going to be Swayman, but I know that he's played something like 18 games and his stats in the 18 games are outstanding. But the, the Bruins platoon might just be too split to for any of either of them to actually get an all-star spot. I'm not sure McAvoy is a lock for the all-star game. Probably not. But this know. is this is I'm I hate that I'm about to say this, but without looking into it much further, the Bruins as a team have a plus twenty-six goal differential and are first place in the Atlantic division. Uh-huh. McAvoy is a minus four. That's pretty funny. I don't know not, how you do that. Right. Not that I put much stock in plus minus, but like I just looking at this at, at the most bare bones level and how I think the NHL is going to look at selecting players. I don't think you can look at a defenseman on a good team who's a minus four and say, yeah, that's who belongs in the all-star game. You see, once we get past the good teams, it becomes problematic because I don't. I can't think of anybody that's having an outstanding season on the Sabres, Senators, Red Wings, or Canadians. Well, Senators, you're either sending Brady or Timmy. I think that Brady's probably having the better year of the two of them, but it, like, that's really a guess at the end of the day. Let me let me look that up. God, Montreal could be anybody. Uh, uh, Stutzel leads the league. It leads the team in points. Sorry. He definitely doesn't lead the league in points. He's like 29 behind Kucherov. It could also be Chikrin. He's got 25 points. Hmm. I'm going to say him just because they got to send, they got to pick some defenseman. Yeah. Okay. So we're going with Chikrin for the Senators. Yeah. That's probably a fair, a fair bet. Nick Suzuki has as many points as Tim Stutzel. So I'm going to. Yeah. I was just looking at Montreal and saying, thinking about Suzuki and Caulfield. And then, but I think Suzuki is probably the better choice. Sure, sounds good to me. Uh, Alex DeBrincat has seven more points than any other Red Wing. Lucas yeah, Raymond, thirty-one points, by the way. That's pretty good. It's it's gonna be DeBrincat though. Yeah, Alex Line though, goalie. Hmm. Is he? He's hurt though, isn't he? I think he's healthy. He's probably not played enough games, but I would love it if he got selected. I would bet that Buffalo sends Darlene. Yeah, it's got to be Darlene. Casey Middlestat leads their team in points. Yeah, but again, you need to pick some defensemen, and Middlestat's not having a good enough year to be like a shoe in if you need to have defensemen on. Darlene's having a pretty solid season. I agree with you. It's got to be Darlene. I would be shocked if it wasn't. So, so far, of the players that we've chosen, and I 
I know there are two ways to look at the All-Star game. One, it's purely an entertainment product and every team deserves to be represented. And the other is you should just put the best players in the division on the All-Star team. I put Reinhardt above every selection from the bottom four teams. Hard to argue. As far as being deserving of going to the All-Star game. He's got more points than Dabrinka, right? Dabrinka has 38. That's the only one that I feel like yes, is even contentious. Yes, Reinhardt has 45. Yeah, okay, so it's not even contentious with he has seven more points, and most of them are goals. I don't know, I'm sure you get a couple of Red Wings fans saying, yeah, but Reinhardt plays with Barkov, he's on a better team, blah, blah, blah. And that's all If true. Dabrinkat was in Reinhardt's spot, he'd also have 50 points. Maybe. If ifs and buts are candy and nuts, you know. I do generally believe, though, just based on our earlier discussion or the earlier part of this discussion, if you if the NHL selects Reinhardt to go, I think Barkov is a shoe-in to get voted in. If the NHL selects Barkov to go, Reinhardt would not necessarily be a shoe-in to get voted in. Here's the thing I'm worried about, though, as far as that goes. Game is in Toronto. So are the Leafs going to get three forwards? Is it going to be Matthews, Marner, and Neal? Morgan Riley's having a pretty good year. They they could send Morgan Riley. They could go Matthews, Marner, or Matthews, Nylander, Riley. That is true. I don't feel like I you know just vibes wise that Marner's had the kind of season that right makes him a no doubt all star. He's got thirty eight points, so he has the same amount of points as DeBrincat. Yeah, but he should have more than that. Yes, I mean he can pass the puck to Matthews, who right. is the league leader in goals. That's a pretty easy way to get some points. Also, Nylander, who's got 50 points, which is, that's an outstanding number. He's on a 100-point pace. Yeah. Fun player. Wish he wasn't a Leaf. I guess he won't be after <laughs> next year because, you know. Probably not. It, it seems like he's going to price himself out of staying there. Either that or he's going to take an extremely team-friendly deal. But I think if he was going to take an extremely team-friendly deal, he would have signed it over the summer. I think Chicago's in play for him. His, I'm his not going to speculate on that, to be honest. His his brother played there. He might still be there. I don't remember what team he plays for now. Pittsburgh? Maybe. I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah, speculating about where Nylander goes is going to be more fun later in the season. Yeah, he's under contract with Pittsburgh, but he's in the AHL right now. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, I, I could totally see Matthews, Nylander, Riley to the All-Star game. Yeah, I do want to point out though that i like i was saying swayman's played 18 games so it's really not that many in the grand scheme of things but he's third in the league and goal saved above expected on money puck is there any all right the answer should for all intents and purposes be no Uh uh-huh but considering the construction of the all-star team is there any chance that the nhl selects bobrovsky i think not because Swayman is like a much more deserving goalie. I think Olmark's also more deserving. Vasilevsky is the bigger name. I don't yeah, think that Vas- Vasi is not having a good year. I don't think it'll be Vasi. I mean, he's got 4.2 goals saved above expecting 16 starts. So that's not terrible. Could be Sam Montembeau if they don't send Suzuki. I was thinking about that, but I, I just, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to be like all star right. Sam Montembeau. Yeah. There were yeah, there were a Bassie, couple of weird Bassie's ones. He's rocking last year. a nine hundred right now on the season. He's not having a good year. Well, that's that team's just not good defensively. It just isn't. You know who's having a rough year is UC Soros, which is kind of odd. I just thought I'd say that while I was looking at the goal saved above expected charts. So we'll be able to reconvene after the teams are selected. That's going to be tomorrow night. That'll be tonight for the listeners. Tomorrow night for us. I'm expecting it to be Reinhardt. I wouldn't be shocked if it's Barkov. Anything else would shock me, to be completely honest with you. I'm I'm pretty strongly expecting it to be Barkov, actually. We shall see. I think yeah, I don't Barkov know. It's, it's going to be hard. Barkov it's it's tough to it's tough to guess. Not tough. I mean, we just spent like 20 minutes doing exactly this. I don't know what the NHL is going to do. Is what I'm trying to say. I like right. That's that's the issue here. Barkov and Reinhardt are both extremely deserving of the automatic selection. Yep. And this is what happens when you have a good team. (laughs) 
not all of your good players who are deserving are going to make it to things like an all-star game. But at the same time, the all-star game is largely just an entertainment product to drive revenue kid no. interest you know that's sort of interest thing. is what i was yeah yeah okay sounds good engagement is actually the word i was looking for Ooh, yeah i like that word barkov uh Don't. 29 goals for nine goals against in his Insane. five on five tie on ice yeah it's, it's been a very long time since the all-star game was genuinely a best on best uh activity yeah, I was just going to say Steven Lorenz has given up 11 goals in his time on ice, which is more than or fewer than half as much uh Barkov's time on ice. So, yeah. I kind of forgot that Lorenz was still on our team. Well, I mean, he <laughs> kind of isn't, but I expect him to play tonight for the listeners, tomorrow night for us too, because I think that Nick Cousins has a concussion. So let's talk about that real quick. Nick Cousins, uh, there was another incident involving him. We you know, everybody remembers the Gabranson incident. I don't know yeah. if we really even talked about that, but I think it, we did. It's pretty cut and dry. You know, that was that was bogus. Yeah, we did talk about it. You're right. So this one's in more of a gray area in terms of what Cousins did. You know, seeing the replay, which I only got to see today, I you know was trying to rewind yesterday while watching the game, and I you know messed up, and then I lost the ability to rewind because I changed the channel <laughs> and after seeing it today I really haven't decided where I stand on it but I think I'm more on the side of it was an accident like slightly know. more but really, how many how many accidents and coincidences are we gonna allow for Nick Cousins before a pattern emerges what what are the other ones? This is the second one if we're talking about the Gabranson hit because that was yeah. inarguably a dirty play, not necessarily a five minute major dirty play, because you know like what was his name Logan O not Logan O'Connor it was the Shane O'Brien one of those guys O'Brien for the Coyotes he had a dirty play on Lundell yeah that was a two minute penalty as it should have been but it was also a dirty play. I don't, I don't know. know. The, the way that Cousins leapt at Valamaki just didn't sit right with me. I agree with that. Like, it, it it just didn't seem like he was trying to avoid him based on that. He left his feet. He wasn't trying to avoid him at all. He was entirely going for a heavy hit. And Valamaki was not on his feet by the time Cousins leapt. Yeah. There's an argument to be made that when Cousins decided to go in for the hit, that Valamaki was still on his feet. It depends what speed you watch the replay on. Sure. But Valamaki was on his knees. And then after Valamaki was entirely off his feet, Cousins leapt and hit him. It wasn't clean. It it just wasn't. What Zucker did wasn't great either. Like Zucker entirely deserved a major call for the response hit. But Nick Cousins maybe could have gotten more than nothing relatively speaking well i mean a pattern has emerged of him getting the panthers major power plays which true do barely anything with i, I would say i that suppose what gets him that is beneficial <laughs> what gets him in trouble is that you know you make a hit accidentally or you know you do something even if it's an accident that causes an injury or causes severe discomfort you still According to the NHL code, which is not a real thing, you know, it's an unwritten rule book of, you know, unwritten code, whatever. You have to stand up and, and, you know, be accountable. You have to, even if you didn't even intend to do anything. And with the Gabranson hit, that's absolutely not what happened. And that's the part that didn't sit right with me. You can say whatever you want about the code is antiquated and it's the idea that someone should have to fight if they didn't do anything wrong on purpose and, you know, don't want to. I understand the argument against that, but that's not the way that the NHL is. And he signed up for this. Everybody knows that. And he's not adhering to the code. That's not going to earn him a lot of respect. Hmm. I wasn't even thinking about it that way. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's why Zucker goes in for the hit, because he doesn't think that Cousins is just going to be willing to fight him. And he's not going to have to do something unnecessarily dirty. Yeah. In my opinion, at least. I'm saying it's in my opinion. That's why Zucker delivered the, the kind of hit that he did. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's weird. Nick Cousins is a, another player that's had more goals on ice against than Barkov. He's been on ice for 18 goals against, only 8-4. Doesn't help that his teammates don't put the puck in the net, but part of that is on his lack of ability to do very much offensively. Right. He's a non-factor on the ice. Pretty much, yeah. He is a player that is there because there is really not a suitable replacement. And you could make the argument that there are some suitable replacements in the NA or not the a, the NHL, the AHL. Yes, you could. And I don't think that the Panthers organization sees it that way right now. At the very least, they think that Mackie Samuskevich, for one, is better off developing in that league. It did take him a while to acclimate to that league. He, I don't remember how many games it was, but I feel like it was double-digit games before he scored his first goal this season. I think you're right. He's been playing much better, though, recently. He's yeah, been, he's up to 22 points in 27 games. Which is respectable. As Yeah, as an AHL rookie, that's totally respectable. It's not necessarily call me up right fucking now respectable. No, but it's first name on the sheet if someone gets injured, respectable. Yeah, and I mean, Cousins is injured. He's in concussion protocol. Good point. So I don't think we've seen that call up yet. I don't think anybody's gotten called up we yet, which is kind of interesting. But I think, uh, I could be wrong, but I think Paul Maurice mentioned that Jonah Gadjevich was going to be either available or maybe a game-time decision Yeah, uh, and then for, for Thursday. Yeah, is also there. So they do have yeah. two extra forwards. They can carry 23 this year, which is nice, because yeah. they also got Mahura. And uh, Belinskis is in the AHL, where he got the two-year contract extension today. I think we can talk about that in a minute. There, there's not a whole lot to say about that, though. I mean, it's good for him, good for the Panthers. For sure. And it wasn't any real money, right? It's just like 900000 or whatever. I didn't I didn't Honestly, I, yeah, I haven't even seen the details. Of it I'll look, at, I'll look at that right now, but... Yeah, as far as the conversation with Nick Cousins goes, I mean, really the main thing that I would say is like, who who are you going to put in that spot? And I think the most common retort would be Mackie Samuskevich. Yeah. At least that's the one that like I would be the most sympathetic to. And it doesn't seem like they have that level of trust in him quite yet. And if you're looking beyond him, I definitely don't have that level of trust in Justin Sordiff. No. And Stenlin, Lorenz, Lomberg. I mean, Will Lockwood doesn't have a goal in his career, which I, I feel bad for him because he isn't effective fourth line forward. I feel like at the, at the very least, like belongs, you know, is not out of place in an NHL game. Yeah. I mean, he'll get his points eventually. I hope. Not too worried about that. Yeah, I was I was really sad that I never got to see Denisenko get one. You know, I, I just feel bad for those guys that don't have one. By the Why? way, the <laughs> Belinskis is eight hundred fifty grand for the next two years. Yeah, which for the record is lower than what he is currently making. Right. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. He, he took a he took a twenty thousand dollar pay cut for an extra year of security. Probably one year deal or one way deal. Yeah, I can double check that right now though. Yes, one way deal. He's getting eight eight hundred fifty grand. You know, I'd sign up for one point seven million. You know, sounds good right. to me. I'm hoping that Gadovich is is good to go for uh, for Vegas. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, we kind we've kind of established where the forwards are in that conversation. Top six. You don't. Would you say top six? You don't really need to touch it. Everything's going so well. Or would you say? Yeah, that that Bennett Kachuk Verhage line. I'm not sure if it's really working. Where do you stand? I I stand at don't touch the top six. I Definitely that... don't break up the top line. Yeah, and we have a lar- a large enough sample size of Bennett Verhage Kachuk 
to know that it's still an extremely good line, even if they're not scoring at the rate that they did last season. Yeah, I mean, Verhage's done a lot of scoring, so the line itself has been fine. The argument that I would be sympathetic to is that you got to get Kachuk going. Yeah. So you you just got to change something to see if it gets a spark out of him. And I'm equally sympathetic to that he's just snake bitten, and I would rather just write that out than try to change something with the top line, which I feel like you you just shouldn't mess with that because they're just going on this unbelievable run right now. According to Money Puck's XG formula, uh, among all forward lines that have played together at least 200 minutes, Kachuk Bennett Verhage is seventh in the league and expected goals percentage. Not bad. No, not at all. Reinhard Barkov Rodriguez, by the way, is second to yeah. Fiala Dino more. Um, so it's more? not like you know, Trevor Moore, to... I think. Trevor Moore, that's right. Jeez. Kings are a wagon. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, imagine Trevor Moore being on the best line in the NHL. Yeah, that's wild. Um, it is Philip Dino, No, it's though, Kings. So he does it. Ah. Um, yeah, so it's not like Kachuk Bennett Verhage isn't an extraordinarily strong line. It's just that Matthew Kachuk is snakebitten. So I don't think you touch the top six. I wonder what it's going to take to get him out of that. Probably a couple of goals. He technically scored one against Arizona. He did. That counts. It Sure does count as a Matthew Kachuk goal. And maybe just seeing the puck go in the net and you thought it was you, that's enough. Yeah, so maybe he'll go off against Vegas as a bit of a revenge game. Usually we save the term revenge game for a player going up against his former team. I'm considering Florida at Vegas uh, a revenge game for the whole team. Oh, yeah, no question. (laughs) They're going to show up on Thursday night. I would be they very better. I don't think they've ever won in Vegas. No, they have never won in Vegas. Be tomorrow to see tomorrow would be is. a great first uh, first first time. Uh huh. Sure would. So we talked about the forwards. Not really much to say about the defense, right? Other than I kind of said I'd like OEL to be the number one power play quarterback. But like Ekblad's been. I think back to better than he was last season, even Montour, it, it still really hasn't clicked for him fully, but you're, you're still kind of getting what you got from him in the Q slash Bruno era, which was yeah. a solid player. No question about it. Not the like all everything player that it was last year. And I mean, every, everybody else, I don't think anybody has really fallen off other than, at this point, I'm kind of open to Kulikov getting scratched for Mahura. But I think that Kulikov's been better for, than Mahura this year. Yes. But, but Mahura last year was better than Kulikov this year so far. Yes. I will uh, say, I think I think there's some weird block in my brain where I can only allow myself to fully appreciate one under the radar depth player because uh, because as soon as I hung my hat on Jonah Gajevich, I kind of forgot that Josh Mahura was on the team. Well, the main reason you forgot that is because he doesn't play. Gajevich hasn't been playing and I've been very loud about that. I guess he just got here. That would be my argument. Yeah. I also thought that he was being held out because of injury and now it just seems like they prefer Lockwood. I'm fine with that. I don't really no, I think Gadjevich has been being held out due to injury. Oh, okay, yeah. So maybe Gadjevich will be back for Vegas though. Over Cousins, yes. Cousins is is not going to play. Who is like, injured? Yeah, he's he's his concussion protocol. So that brings us to the goaltending. And there really hasn't been any movement since the last time we talked about the Spencer Knight issue. I mean, everything was pretty much in the same court that it was then. Bob has been good, and 
Stolarz has been perfectly good as a backup. He lets in a few goals that you'd like to see him stop, but yeah. overall his numbers are average or above average. And Spencer Knight now is sitting with the 901 in the AHL. Which is not great. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they have the most capable defending. And well, they I have Uvis Belinskis. They haven't had him all year, though. I know. And I would be curious to see what the other goaltending numbers for the team are. So I'm going to look that up. But, you know, I I don't know if this is a situation where they're just waiting for him to, like, break down the door, prove that he deserves to be in the AHL or the NHL. Because he certainly hasn't done that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the... This doesn't make sense because where's Matt Gusta? Has he just been hurt all year? Because I don't see him on here. The the other guy I see on here for the checkers is some guy named Ludovic Weber. Some guy, yeah. He's I don't know. He's him. a real person. He's been around. I'm sh- I'm sure he has, but he's got a nine oh five in eleven games. Yeah, Gusta a nine thirty in two games, so he must be hurt. That's sad because I thought he was very good last year. You know, for for undrafted rookie, I was excited to see him, uh, but yeah. unfortunately, it seems like he's hurt. Based on the very low number of appearances, hopefully, we'll get to see him at some point. But I, I guess that that's where I'm just going to have to guess my guess what's going on here. That Knight's got to play his way into the NHL, and he hasn't done it yet. Is that the way yeah. you see it? Yes, very much so. And then with this, you know, current situation of every time there's a 32 thoughts or one of those other insider segments or podcasts, goaltending and available goaltenders always seems to be one of the highest uh, topics on the agenda. Do you think that with the three goalies that you kind of feel like could play in the NHL, like Knight's a big question mark, but he's making 4.5 million and it doesn't seem like they're trying to shed that. So do they look into trading Knight? Do they look into trading Stolarz and use Knight as the backup? There will definitely be teams interested in Stolarz. I don't think either of those things are the case, frankly. I think I'm- if you're ready to use Knight as the backup, you just do it now. And I don't think trading like trading night doesn't make sense to me yet. I think the team still believes in him and they're not ready to, ready to give up on him yet. And as for trading Stolars and moving Knight up to the NHL, that just doesn't make sense to me from a practical standpoint. If you think Knight's ready to go, you make him the backup regardless of where Stolars is. I think that makes sense. They're probably, you know, expecting there to be a goalie injury, not necessarily saying that one of those guys is injury prone. That's just the way that things go. Goalies get hurt. Happens all the time. It's why why, uh, Alex Lyon got to play a lot last year. I was going to say Bob's injury is kind of what sparked the Panthers' late season run last year. Yep, because... Alex Lyon really did what he's continued to do this season, played extremely well, especially for what he's getting paid. And, and you know, it kind of shows that the, plays for. it shows that having a, a good goalie at that number three spot is important. And we already mentioned that Matt Goose is hurt, not necessarily saying that you would feel great about playing Matt Guzda at the NHL level tomorrow if he was healthy. But him being hurt means that behind Knight, there is nobody else other than yeah. Ludovic Waver. But I don't, I know nothing about him. So I couldn't tell you how confident I am in him having to play for the Panthers. They could go out and get, you know, a guy from Europe or like, uh, 
what's the guy's you name? You mean a guy like Ludovic Weber? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, or or the legend JF Berube, like they did last year. He's probably on a different AHL team right now, but that's the sort of thing they could do if there was a need for another goalie. But yeah, I'm I'm still really not seeing any movement here. And I guess I understand it more today, thinking about that there's just not really a need for it. But I have to imagine that the team doesn't want four and a half million to be sitting in the AHL longer than it needs to be. And there's a, there's a period that they're probably willing to give him to reacclimate to professional hockey and demands of it that, you know, he just wasn't able to meet last year, which is, you know, not me blaming him just matter of fact, he needed to go to the assistance program. He wasn't, you know, handling the requirements of being a professional athlete last year. Yeah. I I still really don't know which direction this is going to go. I think the upshot here is that Spencer Knight is still RFA status on the expiry of his current contract. Yeah. Uh, so by the I, way, I don't think the team is really in any rush. To, to give up on him because they still have total control over him. This happened an hour ago. I'm not really sure how I did see it, but uh, Jason Zucker got three games. Yeah. He was suspended for three games. That only happened that. an hour ago. I feel like we've known that for a while, like most of the day. Just goes to show that the yeah, suspension was bizarrely short, but you know, whatever. I, I, I feel like the Zucker thing it yeah, I, I feel like reason. it's more three games is a little harsh. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I'm just thinking in context of what Nick Cousins did to deserve that kind of response, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Zucker definitely deserved a game or two, and how much worse than that is three, really? Yeah. It's hard to really stake a claim either way in my opinion yeah all right so i think we're coming close to the end so anything looking forward that you're keeping your eye out on I, I think yeah I I'm, asked I'm, you, go ahead. I'm keeping my eye out on uh the, the the leafs at ducks happening right now where they are in the early stages of the third period and the ducks have a one nothing lead courtesy of Panthers legend Frank Vetrano. The tank. And the Devils have three players on hat trick watch. Nico Heischer, Dawson Mercer, and Michael McLeod, all with two goals. Imagine my disappointment upon hearing you say this to see that the guy I just picked up in my in our fantasy league, John Gibson, is not starting. Oof. Because that would have been I'm I forgot to set my lineup, and uh, so I'm a few player games, you know how, what I mean, behind yeah. my opponent this week. And I'm going to need to make that up somehow. And that's not going to help that he's not starting. Do you remember a few episodes ago when you were like, I'm in first place, ha 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 ha. That I was do. fun. That was fun for you. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed your moment in the sun. Yeah, I'm still in fourth. Out of yeah, 12. you're batting 500, and I'm in first now. Yeah, there's five teams that are 500 in this league, and I think I have the most points oh, out well. of all of them. There are, and you do, and I'm sitting nice and comfortably at nine and three. Yes, and you do have. About a thousand more points than me. You've got almost nineteen hundred. I have almost eighteen hundred. So it's it's pretty tight, but you're ahead. Especially in I just think it was losses. funny that you were all high and mighty about being in first place in the league during the week that you and I were playing each other, and then I beat you that week, and now I'm in first place. You know what I think happened is I think that Kale McCarr was hurt. For the past three weeks. Oh, poor baby. 
that it certainly didn't help. I mean, there's small margins in fantasy hockey. So something like that is. Ah, uh, yes. Small margins to the tune of, I have a thousand more points than you. I don't think Kale McCarr is the difference there. I was talking about wins loss. You're, you're fair. Yeah. A thousand points. That's part of it is that I forgot to set my, my lineup. Uh, part of it is that you have a better team than me right now. We'll see if that changes. I have or, Barkov. <laughs> I have Erod. So you know what? I get Barkov without needing to spend a third round pick on him or whatever. Yeah, but I bet Barkov has more points than Erod. He he does. I'm I'm being facetious. You only kind. Oh, I also have Matthews in this league. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have Matthews and Barkov. I mean, I guess I have McCarr. Matthews was my first round pick, and Barkov was not my first round pick. I guess I have Makar and Kucherov, so that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty fucking... You have the Art Ross front runner right now. Quit your complaining. <laughs> All right, uh, so... You have season rank one on your team, and you're in fourth place. Hide for fourth at that. In terms of points, I think I have more than third. Whatever. This is this has got to be uninteresting. wholly uninteresting to the people who are listening. <laughs> I do. I do have more points than third. All right. Where are they rating us? Five stars. Somewhere, I'd imagine. How about the Arizona State Team Store? I like it at Millet Arena, where they're selling Nick Cousin pancakes. Ah, uh, I get it. That didn't. It didn't really work. But you know what? I went. It for worked it. well enough. I tried so hard and got so far, but in the end, thank you for listening to another episode of Panther Parade. I've been TJ Peterson. He's been Jake Langsam. Alex Lopez says, I'm sorry I couldn't make it. And some lawyer stuff. You know, whatever. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. Go Panthers.